Welcome back to another episode of Trust Me Wrong by Robert Kersey. Um, this is unrelated. Should I change? Should I change the intro to "Welcome Back to Another Episode of Trust Me Wrong" by Robert Kersey, or should I do "Thank You for Tuning In to Another Episode of the Trust Me You're Wrong" podcast? You know, I'm I'm trying not to sound like a robot. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm over here. Rep- Hit record and I ain't like no candle. One second. I ain't like no candle. Golly. Lighter don't work. Alright. Wow, that's crazy. Why did it not work? Oh, man. I'm leaving all this in there. I'm going to go get a... Uh, am I getting a lighter? There we go. There we go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trust Me or Wrong by Robert Kersey. Tonight is the opening night of the NBA season 23-24 season. Uh, Before we get into the title of the episode, I want to do my picks for two games tonight. Uh, Ring ceremony coming up for the Nuggets. Lakers at Nuggets starts at 7.30. Um, honestly, yes, I'm going to be biased and say my Lakers, but honestly, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Lakers just pure off the fact of every time, regardless of if we won the championship or not, we get a home opener at home on TNT and we lose this game is on the road and I honestly can't remember the last time we played a game on the road to start the season off on TNT Nuggets been talking trash all summer Mike Malone has shown zero class in winning his first championship calling talking about some of the Lakers daddy even though he didn't put a ball in the hoop at all um, I'm gonna go with the Lakers and I say we win by seven or less points. Uh, and let's see the Warriors and Sun Suns at Warriors for the second game at 10. I'm gonna go with I think Warriors handle that one. But I think Suns put up a good fight. But I'm going to go Warriors. And I think Warriors beat them by double digits. I If if the Warriors can come out. I mean, not the Warriors. But if the Suns can, can come out. And just come out strong. And really, you know, get to like a 15-point lead before the first half is over. 
or they mean business but honestly i think it'll be like two weeks before the the suns really um, get into their groove just because it's, it's a new team it's like a completely new it's dang near a completely new roster all right so got the picks out the way i'm going with the lakers seven or less points i'm going warriors they win by double digits um you hear it here first so now title of the episode award winners prediction i have on here mvp rookie of the year six man of the year defensive player of the year mip most improved coach of the year uh and then i also have here some interesting stuff uh first time all-stars and first quote-unquote star to get traded all right um front runner right now i would say is Jokic. uh i could see where the league wanted to keep Larry Bird's record of the last player to win three MVPs in a row. Um, that's half the reason I feel like they gave Joel that MVP. Yes, Joel last year was dominating. Yes, he was, uh, you know, you always do the whole, how do you determine who's more valuable? It's pretty simple. Check the on-off court stats. Check the win shares. Check what the team's record would be if he didn't play. Um, So I would say Jokic is a front runner. Uh, My dark horse, I'm sorry, I have front runner, dark horse, and dark, dark horse. Front runner is Jokic. Dark horse is Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum finally figures out how to Jason Tatum really isn't yet a get-to-your-spot type of guy. He's really just out there flowing, and he and he averages 30. So, I mean, think about that. That's kind of crazy, the fact that he can um, he can score 28, 29, 30 points and not even... Uh, he's not like Devin Booker where it's like, oh, wow. He literally took three dribbles and got to the short corner and pulled up. Like, Tatum is really just flowing out there. So I'll say front runner is Jokic. Dark horse is Jason Tatum. Dark, dark horse is LeBron. Um, obviously, he's going into his 21st year. He's about to break a lot of records. Like, first NBA player to have 40,000 points in his career. Um, first player, first player in his 21st season to average 20 plus points, stuff like that, right? Uh, he even has a chance at the end of this year or sometime in, in the season to break the record for, well, it's not really breaking the record, but all the players that have played their, you know, 21 seasons in the league have like a combined point total of like 6,000 points or something like that. I don't know. It's something like that. LeBron has a chance. No, I don't. I don't know. It's like fifteen hundred, actually. I don't know why I said six thousand. It's something like that. Um, LeBron has a chance to 
have more points in his 21st season uh, combined from them, right? Don't know if I really said that right. <laughs> but one thing about this podcast, we, we, we don't do any editing over here. It's just me. Uh, if, if you're an editor and you feel like I should have an editor or someone that, you know, that's able to clip the, the, the audio and stuff like that, then come on board. If not, then we're going to rock out like this. But yeah, LeBron, I would say he, he seems pretty determined. LeBron seems pretty determined every year. I'm wondering if LeBron will play the amount of games to qualify for all that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron comes out the gate. 28, 6, and, and 7, something like that, right? Rookie of the year. During the summer, I had picked Chet Holmgren. Uh, I think I'm going to go front runner, of course, is Victor Wembanyama. Uh, what he's doing on the court right now. And I understand it's preseason, but what he's, you know, the way he's doing it, Seems like he's very, 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 very comfortable on the court. Um, so I will pick him as my front runner. Um, my dark horse, I'm just going to throw Chet Holmgren out of there. Um, because I want to mention these other two names and their teammates. My dark horse, I would say Amin Thompson. Uh, he has every opportunity to be a starter on his team. Uh, for one reason or another uh, but I don't think he will start but I will I think he will get starter minutes I think he I mean he's like 20, 21, 22 years old coming to the league he's very polished him and his brother um, let's see and then my dark dark horse is Cam Whitmore um, the only way I can see Cam really um, getting major, major votes for Rookie of the Year is if a man is struggling. I'm not even talking about winning, just getting vote, a lot of votes for it. If, if a man, a man is struggling and or injured for a significant amount of time, there, I don't really see why Cam wouldn't, you know, be thrusted into that. Thrusted or thrown? I'm not sure. Um, thrusted's kind of gay. I'm gonna go with thrown. Yeah, I was. There's, there's no reason why Cam isn't gonna be thrown into that that role of rookie that comes off the bench and has, you know, a significant amount of playing time and a significant role. Um, and I, I, I think Ime for some, I don't know why, but I think Ime is the best coach Cam Whitmore could have been given his rookie year. I don't know why. It's just Ime alongside of the fact that Ime is a player's coach, he's played in the league before, still relatively young compared to all the other coaches in the league. He just, Ime just seems like 
don't know. He may seem like that cool dad that's like, yeah, he'll discipline you, but he'll also let you, you know, be your own person and, and breathe, you know, just be you. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cam as my dark dark horse. Um, my sixth man of the year is kind of bland. I kind of really gotta I kind of gotta see uh, what's really going on in the season. Six man of the year isn't something that it at least to me it's kind of hard to determine the sixth man of the year before the season starts. But here's my three. I'll go front runner right now for some reason is Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, last year, for some reason, uh, not for some reason, but he was hooping. He had gotten uh, the media's attention towards like the last half of the season um, going into the playoffs. Of course, Malcolm Brogdon won it. Um, and I just think Emmanuel Quickly just. There aren't a lot of off-the-dribble guards that play for the Knicks. So, like, what I mean by off-the-dribble, I mean, like, being able to take your player one-on-one, take uh, take your defender one-on-one, stuff like that, right? Um, Dark Horse, Bobby Portis, I, I don't see any reason why he doesn't flourish again in Milwaukee. And then my dark, dark horse is Christian Wood. I think, and of course he's a Laker, but I think Christian uh, has a chance to just focus on scoring. Yes, yes, yes. He's 6'11", 7 feet. Why can't you play a little more defense a la run protection or just guarding the pick and roll well? Because he can already play out in the perimeter, so why can't he uh, defend a pick and roll well? All right, I get that. But I, I just think that he's a little... Uh, refocused I think the situation that he's in I think he understood that uh, more than likely could have gotten more money elsewhere depending on who the suitor was but I think he is in a nice uh, position and it's all about uh, opportunity with these awards Um, so I mean the Lakers could also have Rui going for six man of the year something like that right defensive player of the year front runner I would even though I don't want to say this and if uh, Giannis I think he refocused himself on defense this year um, just because he has Dame there and he realizes now that he has like a legit scoring threat coming from that point guard position Something he's never had in his career. All respect to Drew Holiday, but he wasn't a legit scoring threat. Yes, Drew can get you 17 and 7 and 4 rebounds with with, a, with two steals and a block, maybe. Um, but he wasn't like a legit score. Like, all right, y'all. Like, Drew's... I mean, six, seven times out of ten, Drew Holiday's name is not on the scouting report for something offensively. Uh, Dark Horse, Evan Mobley. I think this year, Evan Mobley takes a, 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 a giant step forward in his offensive game. And I think just organically, the fact that his offensive game is going to grow 
his defensive game will grow just from confidence because a lot of the time on defense is confidence. He has all the physical abilities, uh, but I think he's just, you know, a little more seasoned going into his third year. Uh, so I, I, I really don't see a reason why Evan Mobley's name isn't going to be in the top, you know, two, three players uh, for defensive player of the year. I think he's about to start rallying off uh, a lot of all defensive teams and stuff like that. Dark Dark Horse, Drew Holiday. Um, if we're being honest, Drew Holiday is a better defender than Marcus Smart. And he's probably a better point guard in what Boston is trying to run. So the, the formula that Boston has... I would say Drew Holiday is a better fit than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, the only reason why people would have an argument to say about that is because Marcus Smart is more uh, feisty than than Drew Holiday. But Drew is a dog. Don't get me wrong. He's just a quiet dog. Marcus Smart is loud. He's going to bark. You're going to know you played against, against Marcus Smart because of how loud he's talking and of the defense. Now, you're going to know you just played against Drew Holiday, but just purely off defense. He's not really talking trash. And you got to check, bro. Like, you, you, you got to look. This man was guarding Jimmy Butler. And you're probably like, why was he guarding Jimmy Butler? Drew Holiday gives Kevin Durant fits. So, theoretically, you can put Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler... But Jimmy Butler is more of a dog and just got that more grit to him to Kevin Durant. And Jimmy Butler kind of embarrassed Drew Holiday in that series last year. He was talking cash to him, like real deal. He was talking crazy to him. So I, I think a lot of that, you know, and he's rejuvenized. Obviously, he's not going to be asked to score the ball like that he's he he still will probably get you 15 or 17 points a game but i think his defensive rating will go up or go down <laughs> steve's rating will go down i think he'll probably average like i at most i would say drew will average like a 103 defensive rating something like that 103 to 99 somewhere in that range if he averages like an 87 defensive rating, then we might have to check and see if that's a record or not. Uh, most improved front runner. This is really our friend Shangoon's. Uh, I just saw a lizard fall off the screen. That's crazy. All right. Uh, I think this is our friend Shangoon's award to lose. JJ Redick has already talked about how he is one of the best center hubs in the league. Um, I don't know if he's a better. And when I say hub, it's like give him the ball, top of the key, give him the ball on, on, you know, in that horns area on that nail, free throw line extended, free throw line down, or just at the free throw line, middle of the floor. And he can run. Uh, pick and roll when he's the ball handler. He can run a short pick and roll where he's the screener. He can run dribble handoffs. He can make interior passes. He can make big to big passes. He can make cross court passes. He can make no look passes. He can make 
any type of pass you you're asking for grew from 6'9 to 6'11 so that helps a lot he can already see seven times out of ten over the defense now that's been boosted up to what like eight or nine times uh, out of ten because of the two inches uh, dark horse is Anthony Edwards kind of it's kind of a tie I don't know this is my thing with the and I could really do an, another episode about this in its entirety. But uh, I think Anthony Edwards has gotten so much hype, well-deserved hype, but hype over the summer where all of a sudden he just gets to skip the, the uh, most improved award and go straight into MVP conversation. No. Go ahead and just give him most improved this year or let him be in the conversation. And that's that. But I think they should, I think his name should stay in most improved conversation and not MVP conversation. Because if you put his name in MVP conversation, he'll finish six or seven or five. If he finishes top three, then my fault. I apologize. I love Anthony. Anthony Edwards is a dog. Uh, I was kind of skeptical on him just because, like, he looked like a football player. And I couldn't really figure him out. But then I was like, oh, he's one of them. Like, well, it was really honest to you. It was really when I saw that interview with that one lady uh, before his rookie year. He was like, I can do anything. Cook, uh, play tennis, all that. He was talking about anything she was naming anything he was like i can do it all i was like oh he wanted them okay makes sense um and then dark horse have a tie oh dark dark horse i'm sorry dark dark horse i have a tie between deandre ayton he more likely will be the first time in his career in his nba career where he's gotten to play freely with no stress or worries or or just it's obvious that he's going to get the ball the Suns had an issue trying to get him the ball before. And y'all say Chris Paul is a point guard. Why couldn't he get, why couldn't he whip DeAndre Aiden into shape? All right. Uh, and then this one's random. Jalen Suggs. I don't know why, but I picked him. Just pure off the fact that they have three guards in their rotation right now that legit can be a starter on their team, Fultz, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Suggs just drafted a guard in Anthony Black. And that's really for perimeter ball handling and then off the dribble stuff. So that's fair. So he's always going to have a role on that team. But I think Cole Anthony gets traded, even though he, I don't know if you can get traded this year, but I think if he can, I think Cole Anthony gets traded this year, even though he signed the extension which is kind of weird, which might make me feel like Fultz might get traded this year. But one of them, one of them three boys is, is out of there. Because you got to make room for Anthony Black. Obviously, they want to play Anthony Black because he has that. He has an ability over all three of them, which is scoring off the dribble. He's probably out of all those, like out of those four, 
Folks, Anthony and Suggs and him and Black. Black is probably the uh, is, is already the best off the dribble score uh, guard wise on that team. He's not saying much, but he already is. Um Yeah, I would say I would say Alfred Shangun, front runner, Dark Horse, Anthony Edwards, Dark Dark Horse, Jalen Suggs, slash DeAndre Ayton. And if I had to choose between Suggs and Ayton, I would go with Eight. All right, we're gonna move to Coach of the Year. Front runner, I would say Darvin Ham. He did an amazing job last year. Not sure where he finished, but he did an amazing job last year. I think he had the best overall team, top to bottom deepest team in the league um, I think I have a dark horse in uh, Jacques Vaughn first full season first full season I believe this might be his first full season in Brooklyn uh, I don't Brooklyn got a lot of wings 3 and D wings I, I don't see a reason why they can be good and if they're good um, I think if Ben Simmons really takes off, I think Jacques Vaughn, Jacques Vaughn wins the uh, Coach of the Year. Uh, and then I have a tie from Dark Dark Horse. It is Ime Doku and Chris Finch. Ime coaching in Houston. Chris Finch. I, I like Chris Finch a lot. I don't know why. It's just something about him. It's just demeanor. Uh, the way he brought the Wolves back into prevalence with their defense um I think I think he'll have a good year coaching this year and Ime I think he has something to prove now I don't think the league personally will just give him that award like that just because of what they went through uh either last year or two years ago with him um but I think he has something to prove, like as if he's actually playing, and I think he's really going. I think he's really going to be focused this year. Uh, we're going to move to first-time All-Stars. I have three on my list. I think I might add a fourth one right here on the spot. First one, I would say Jamal Murray. Uh, he has a shot. I don't know who he would replace, but he has a shot. Paolo Banchero, no reason why him as a forward in the East can't get it done as an all-star. And I would say Jordan Poole is the long shot uh, just because I think he'll have a breakout year. Or he might just struggle his first year and everybody's going to be like, whoa, what in the world's going on? And then the fourth one I'll add right now, this second, Evan Mobley. Like I said before, I think he takes a big leap. If he is in all, if he's top one or top two in defensive player of the year, uh, ladder rankings the entire year, I don't see a reason why he isn't going to be an all-star as well. And if Cleveland is a top two, top three seed, I don't see a reason why they don't have two all-stars. If they're a number one seed by the all-star break, they will have three all-stars. That's just my opinion. And the first stars 
quote unquote stars to get traded. I have three. Well, I had two. I'm going to add three stars in quotation because I don't think any of these players are stars, but by the league's definition, they are stars, I believe. First one is Zach Levine. If the Bulls can't get it together, Zach's going to ask for a trade, or the Bulls are just going to tank and figure out what they're going to do. Second, I've already talked about him in multiple uh, occasions. OG Ananobi. Uh, I think it's his his asking price. They're asking the asking price for OG is as if he's Drew Holiday when Drew Holiday was up for trade, and I don't really see it. So the the asking price, I see the value. I don't see the asking price, but. You never know. Some teams might just take that shot, and like somebody like Memphis or 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 uh, Sacramento who needs an updated three. Uh, Sacramento doesn't necessarily need a three, but they need a new update at three. And Men- um, Memphis needs a three. They don't have a three. They don't have a good three that you know you can ask to go do things and play 35, 37, 38 minutes a game. And the third one is a wild one. Carl Anthony Towns. Um, it's gonna be kind of weird to see him leave just because they were like, "Oh, Twin Towers, Twin Towers, Twin Towers." I never thought it would work. Uh, I think the theory of Twin Towers can work. I don't look at look at Cleveland. That's a twin. That's a twin tower type of team, uh, or those two players with Jared Allen and uh, Evan Mobley, but they're doing it correctly. I feel like, but half the reason is because they're both predicated on defense, and one had one. Honestly, you have Jared Allen, who is a legit top seven, top five center in the league argue with your mama not me um and then you have Evan Mobley who is at worst can be a defensive minded like a defensive only Kevin Garnett at worst and at most a generational talent in my opinion that's just me he can put the ball on the floor already to an extent but that's just me thank you so much for listening and tuning in to the Trust Me, You're Wrong podcast. Uh, this episode will be out tomorrow, which is today. Today is the 24th, so you'll be hearing this on the 25th. And then after that, I'll be dropping my reactions to the two games. Y'all take it easy. Tap in with me. Show some love and support. Peace. That's a wrap.